Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi again, Alan. Hi, good evening, Fred. Hope it's been a good weekend. First up, Volkswagen has unveiled what it calls its Inclusive Mobility Initiative, designed to work with outside groups to ensure that what is next in transportation enhances the quality of life for everyone, especially people with disabilities. Alan, sounds like it's right out of your playbook. Right. I mean, I, I thought I was uh, I was looking at uh, our latest program or our program for the for the summit. I mean, um, uh, that's where uh, we've sort of evolved to take the summit that uh, takes place uh, not 10 days from now. And uh, it's not the only thing that we'll be doing, but a, but a substantial portion of what we will be doing uh, will be focusing on. Uh, how to make uh, this technology in- inclusive. And here we're talking really about the, the driverless vehicle part, uh, the a- autonomous taxi aspects of it, because um, as uh, we've come to realize or that these things are mobility machines. And if they're mobility machines that provide mobility, uh, then uh, we should focus on um, on the the people who who really could benefit the most, or uh, the those that uh, that the current transportation has really marginalized. Uh, why has it marginalized them? Is because uh, the transportation systems have have placed hurdles in front of them uh, to make it difficult for for them to use it in one way or another. <clears throat> and uh, so, uh, really, since we're at the beginning of this um, technological evolution, revolution, uh, we really should um, look to uh, removing uh, as many uh, of those hurdles as possible and doing that at the very beginning. And so what we should be doing is is not only emulating the great mobility that many of us have with our current automobiles, and that at a drop of a hat, we can basically go from where we are to almost any place that we want to go, go to with uh, relative ease. Uh, and, um, uh, well, uh, maybe not as inexpensive or as affordable as we might like. Uh, but, uh, but that's not true for everyone. And it's not true for a substantial portion of, the, of, of, our, of our population. And, um, and because, for one thing, you have to have a driver's license. Uh, my goodness, let's exclude everybody else who doesn't happen to have one for one reason or another. And why do we have to have a driver's license? Is because, I guess, uh, uh, to be able to, to do this, the, the, what we, to get the mobility out of it, um, uh, you had to um, be able to do certain things. Um, uh, do you really need to be able to do those things or or really that's what the technology is about is to say hey no you don't really have to do those things uh you're not the one that needs to keep it between the two white lines uh you're not the one that that, that needs to keep it from hitting things and and so um my goodness uh all of a sudden uh, this opens it up to to a lot of people who uh, up uh, and with our current systems have needed to have a driver 
Um, and, uh, and if you need to then pay somebody to do that, uh, that's when it becomes uh, really unaffordable. Well, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was really heartening for you to see what Volkswagen is, is doing here and planning to do. Absolutely. So, I, you know, kudos to them. Uh, um, I've been pretty hard on Volkswagen because of Dieselgate, but uh, but this all of a sudden, my goodness, uh, it looks like um, they're really talking about it uh, in, in, the, in the right way. Um, I don't think they really look at the affordability as much as they should. But certainly with respect to um, to the the uh, what uh, are really unnecessary hurdles uh, that are put in front of people uh, trying to um, uh, to utilize our current systems, these should could easily be be taken away. Again, I always uh, go to uh, to the elevator analogy. Uh, my goodness, why can't we make horizontal mobility? as um as inclusive and 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 um uh, as as the as an elevator i mean an elevator um uh, can accommodate a wheelchair pretty easily an elevator uh actually um can can accommodate the visually impaired or, or uh the elevator is uh, pretty inexpensive um uh, and maybe, you know, uh, the elevators are paid for by the people on the 14th floor who, who, charge, uh, who, who, uh, who are charged rent and would like to have uh, mobility there. Um, it's, it's part of their rent. Uh, so maybe the businesses on Nassau Street would see it as, as my goodness, um, instead of making everybody um, uh, basically provide their own mobility, maybe – we should be providing mobility to get them to come to our stores and, and buy stuff. Um, it's really part of our uh, cost of doing business. Uh, and if one does that, then maybe then we can invite everybody into our stores um, and so on. So um, uh, I my hat's off to them. Uh, it looks like what they're doing here is really uh, – is is uh, really different, and um, and we welcome them um, into this um, into the this kind of initiative. And we hope to be hearing uh, more from the folks at Volkswagen. We hope so, anyway, about this initiative very soon. Sure, and we should we should you know work together. Uh, this is not easy because if one looks at sort of the the kinds of vehicles that have been suggested up to this point. Um, um, they don't seem very inclusive. In the latest uh, Smart Driving Car newsletter, Alan, you, you highlight an opinion column written by Farhad Manju that says the Uber IPO is a moral stain on Silicon Valley. Uh, to read just a part of it, Uber skirted laws and cut corners to trample over regulators and competitors. It accelerated the startup industry's misogynistic and reckless hustle culture, and it pushed a frightening new picture of labor, one in which everyone is a contractor toiling without protection, our hours and our lives ruled by uncaring algorithms in the cloud. Pretty harsh words uh, written here in this uh, opinion piece from the Times. 
yes, and I think it's uh, I put it in there because I think everybody uh, should read it and um, and think about it. I mean, this is uh, this is putting it out there. Um, I know if you want to be disruptive, um, you really have to uh, um, you have to be aggressive. But um, but my goodness, um, um, uh, hey, um, everybody can can reach their own uh, opinions and conclusions on that. But I think this is this one's worth reading. Tesla remains in the headlines. Uh, The Model 3 remains the most popular electric vehicle in the U.S. by a wide margin. But April sales of 10,050 cars were actually a little bit lower than the numbers for March. Uh, Perhaps some cause for concern? Well, I don't know. They were by a handful of cars, so they were essentially essentially flat. Um, uh, Electric cars, um, one would think that they're very popular but uh, but the apprehension uh, by the consuming public of uh, range, range anxiety and and the amount of time that it takes to fill them up anxiety um, is uh, is tough for people and <laughs> the but of course what I take from it is that uh, is that the model 3 and Teslas are by far the best selling models. Um, and it's not necessarily because they're the cheapest ones. Um, I'll say that it's, uh, it's because they have autopilot and, um, and in fact, um, uh, the self-driving capabilities in terms of, uh, both, uh, enhancing safety and, and comfort and conveniences, as I've been, uh, saying, and we've been talking about, uh, you know, since the beginning, self-driving really brings people into the showrooms that buy the car. And it seems to me that that's, um, that's one of the major reasons uh, people go in and, and buy a Tesla. And, um, and so uh, I guess uh, um, kudos to the technology. Um, the Financial Times, uh, meanwhile, ran a, a story outlining Tesla's different approach to self-driving vehicles. We already knew about Elon Musk's disdain for LIDAR. Right. And I think they just repeated that and they repeated it. I, I put the article in there for people to take a look at. I think it's it's a largely a repeat of, of what we had in last week's uh, Smart Driving Cars. But I think it's presented in, in a little bit better way. And I, I invite the, our audience um, to read it. Um, uh, uh, I tend to um, to agree that in HD maps are not really important, um, and um, and the aspect of lidar, um, uh, if he if he can do it with vision, uh, then vision vision's the way we do it, um, and that lidar uh, may or may not be necessary. And that tremendous uh, processing power that he's been touting in their new chip. Right. And, and of course the processing power is there. Uh, I, you know, I, I find his, uh, his uh, proposal that uh, here you have a car that, um, that has all this processing power and that the algorithms to make them continue to make the car safer and um, provide even more 
um, self-driving with human supervision um, uh, and adult supervision oversight, uh, even better, is is a very compelling uh, argument uh, uh, associated with buying the car. I mean, the, the car um, may not depreciate very much. And um, as I've sort of been telling my friends, uh, hey, maybe I'm ready to buy a Tesla. It'll be the last car that I buy. Because why would I buy a new car? The only reason why I would buy a new car is because it's going to have a better uh, self-driving system in it. And it seems as if uh, Tesla may be putting in vehicles uh, the hardware um, that is is uh, basically as good as you need and the opportunity to improve the software and a, a processor that can run uh, that software, which will get better and more efficient and smaller and all the other things and as time goes on, basically makes it so that uh, uh, why would I need to go out and buy another car? Plus, you know, I'm, I might get hit by a truck tomorrow so anyway, so it might be the last one. Well, I understand they have inside joke here, a, a really good battery, too. But, <laughs> but right. That, <laughs> uh, uh, the battery is, uh, is the Achilles heel of, um, of, um, of the Tesla. <laughs> you know, uh, I had a battery go dead last night, and, of course, I had to take Uber home. But, you know, that's my problem. And it wasn't even an EV, so whatever. Of course, uh, still lots of intrigue about uh, Tesla's plans to get into the robo-taxi business, uh, perhaps as early as next year, if uh, Musk has his way. Right, and that's what he put out there. I think um, I take a lot of that with a grain of salt. I'm not so sure that somebody is uh, going to go out and buy a Tesla and say, hey, I'm going to put it out there uh, for other, to provide mobility for others, but uh, maybe why not? If... Uh, if uh, the entity that's that's uh, that's doing that, um, you know, um, uh, washes the car and cleans the inside, and um, uh, before they they return it to me, uh, then um, I, hey, maybe now I get a, a clean car back. And uh, given that um, at least the the argument is that uh, electric vehicles uh, might be able to go a million miles, um, uh, uh, why not? Um, I'm not going to drive it a million miles, so and um, and allows me to to maybe uh, help pay for it. So uh, interesting concept. Uh, I don't know if it has legs. Um, seems a little weird, uh, but um, but uh, uh, interesting concept. Our friend Michael Senna has a new edition of the Dispatcher out, uh, continuing his look at the wrenching changes taking place in the automotive industry, focusing in this edition on uh, different car makers, BMW, Daimler, and VW. Yep, and and again, uh, Michael uh, put some very good information out there, and um, I I offer it up um, to those who aren't already subscribers to uh, Michael's uh, uh, dispatcher, but it's it, it's a very good read. So I encourage everyone to uh, to take a look. And if they want to hear from Michael in person, uh, head for the summit this month at Princeton. Absolutely. So he'll be there for the third year in a row. You'll be there for the third year in a row. We've uh, we have lifers on the on the, <laughs> with the summit now. 
<laughs> in the half-baked stuff section of the newsletter is a New York Times piece headlined, Distracted by Tech While Driving? The answer may be more tech. Well, yes, if the more tech is uh, to make the darn thing driverless uh, uh, and, and uh, have it be an autonomous, ta- autonomous taxi, of course. Uh, but look, <clears throat> this, is, this has been a problem for some time. Uh, Apple Play and, and Google whatever, all these things are, are meant for you to go in there and hit buttons and, and look at your screen. And where have the car manufacturers put the screen? They put the screen down low, even lower than where they used to put the AM radio. At least, uh, you know, when they put AM radios, they were just under the dash. And so when you went and push a button on an AM radio, uh, your peripheral vision still um, saw some of the road ahead. But this the location of some of these things being way down, my goodness, it's it's just inviting you to to lose a perspective on on uh, where you are where you're going and um, and have bad things happen and then of course uh, all these uh, apple plays and google's whatever i mean <laughs> my google wants you to sit there and buy stuff and um, i i don't know it, they're very, um, they seem like um, uh, they're very bad apps well, there there is tech as well that uh, ensures the drivers are are watching, even if even if they're on the, some kind of semi autonomous mode, that that they're that they are watching the road. Yeah, sure. I mean, we can put eye trackers on there, make sure that their eyes are staying looking forward. But if if you're if you're doing if you're operating um, a self driving car with with you uh, with uh, uh, adult uh, supervision, then um, uh, you can glance down. The problem is, is that when you don't have any of this technology and you're glancing down, and then it's uh, whoa, there's nothing there to help you. So you start straying out of the out of your lane, and uh, that's not good. Uh, you start, uh, you don't notice that the traffic ahead of you is is coming uh, to a stop. That's not. So, um, um, yeah, I, I have done stories over over the years about some of this technology that the apps that are put into phones that are designed not to let you text, et cetera, or use the phone while you're driving. The, the problem that the makers of these apps have had is trying to distinguish between the driver's phone and the passenger's phone. They, the, the phones, these apps can't tell the difference. And so you're you're on the honor system. Yeah. You're on the honor system, and I won't. I won't say that. And I'm. I'm not going to tell you my behavior. I try. No, it isn't, and and part of the problem with with phones, I think, you know, the, the with respect to turn by turn navigation systems, which of course are near and dear to my heart. Uh, we put them on phones, but but when we put them on phones, we also um, uh, highly recommended. Um, that the users put them in in um, uh, cradles that were on the dash or on to onto the side of uh, side of the uh, the windshield, so that in fact, if you glanced um, at the information that that they were providing, which is really valuable, <laughs> uh, if uh, for anxiety relief, if nothing more, um, uh, that adds to safety. 
<clears throat> but uh, also for allowing you to actually um, understand uh, the road ahead so that you uh, you can more easily make the maneuvers <clears throat> that are that are upcoming um, but it has to be up where if when you glance at it your peripheral vision uh, still keeps you oriented with the road and you at least um, you know have motion detectors there in your peripheral vision that, that will uh, um, uh, that will uh, uh, warn you of, of um, uh, bad things that might happen. <clears throat> but if it's sitting down or if you have it in your hand and you're putting it on your lap so that the policeman doesn't see that you're using a phone and you look down, I mean, <laughs> your peripheral vision no longer has the opportunity to see anything um, uh, that's going on on the road. And, that's not good. Not at all. And then and, and you can get into trouble really fast. Absolutely. Under the command man section, which I love in, in the newsletter, is a Forbes story with the headline, Rack em Up, Driverless Cars Surprisingly Will Be a Boon for the Auto Repair Market. The argument, I think, being that they'll be on the road, these vehicles will be on the road much more instead of being parked, so they're going to need more service. Sure, but the question is, is uh, you know, how much more service per vehicle mile? So in the end, you know, uh, hopefully we're going to have a little bit fewer vehicle miles uh, as opposed to more vehicle miles, but it's all proportional to vehicle miles. So I don't, I don't know what they were chasing after. I mean, um, <clears throat> just because there are now fewer vehicles racking up those vehicle miles, uh, okay, there, there are fewer vehicles. Each one of them has to uh, be in there more. But uh, from the from the um, from the person who's doing the repairs, he or she is say, seeing the same number of vehicles coming in. I, I don't know what they were trying to get at there. And plus, my goodness, it's you know a silly. Um, uh, we have so many other things uh, to worry about now. Um, and uh, I think that the people that are in the uh, vehicle mechanic business, uh, um, <clears throat> they're, 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 they're going to have a lot of cars to work with uh, for some time yet. And uh, <clears throat> so they don't really need to begin to worry. And, and also, um, uh, probably they're going to have to improve their game because, because uh, these vehicles um, uh, will need a little bit different kind of, of, of support and, and, uh, and uh, maintenance. And so they're going to have, as they've been doing over the years anyway, um, continue to improve their capabilities to, uh, uh, to repair and keep these vehicles on the road. And, and they'll respond to that. But, but I think... Uh, I think that the article just went um, completely overboard. Right. And they're going to have to learn about the sensors, the cameras, uh, and more. <laughs> they've been doing it, but they've right. been doing sure. that up to this point. And, uh, and, you know, it's, it's a good industry. And these vehicles, again, uh, it's the, the vehicle miles traveled isn't going to change much, uh, except for maybe go up a little bit, <clears throat> Um, uh, uh, from now on. And so therefore, um, you know, the amount of, of work that they have to do should remain uh, largely the same. Well, you've been one busy guy getting ready for the summit. And uh, I guess we should tell people just a little bit more about it. The Smart Driving Car Summit at Princeton, May 14th through 16th. 
there's plenty of information online, but uh, Alan, uh, it, it gets more exciting every day. Yes, it does. And we have just such a good lineup of people coming. And uh, and I think that uh, what we're going to do is is really discuss many of these topics and debate them. It, it's not going to be uh, one of these uh, conferences where, um, you know, the, the high priests are out there uh, telling everybody exactly uh, uh, what to do and, and what the story is. Uh, um, we are going to try to do uh, to deal with the with the hard issues that are still confronting this emerging technology, and we're going to look at it, of course, from the safe self and and uh, driverless uh, perspectives. Um, uh, we do have a number of of um, our uh, auto dealers around who will bring some cars to really try to inform um, uh, people in terms of what's available in the showrooms today and uh, that has the highest safety and comfort and and convenience features. In other words, the best of the safe and the self and where they stand and, and and what their limitations are. So I think that uh, that will be very good. And then of course uh, we're going to be doing and focusing on, on the driverless piece, the mobility machine aspect of it with uh, demonstrations of two members of uh, this uh, mobility disadvantaged uh, community that, that, that we're talking about, that, that Volkswagen was talking about. So what Volkswagen um, uh, is bas- basically uh, putting together, um, we're actually going to have um, uh, members of that community come and as I like to say, um, uh, get a first experience that's uh, 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 that's not actually a, a completely real experience, but it actually allows them to actually touch and see um, uh, a couple of the vehicles and and begin to get some some feedback from them on their their first um, exposure to these. And I think that's very important for us to get. Uh, get some response so that we then know uh, what kind of um, uh, hurdles and uh, and aspects that are not inclusive um, uh, exist with with this technology so that we can we can work to to fix it and correct it uh, so that uh, we're not developing vehicles that are for the super rich uh, to uh, uh, sip their cocktails and pass the sweet and sour shrimp as they get uh, um, uh, uh, moved uh, to the Hamptons or something like that. But in fact, uh, uh, move um, move real people from where they are to where they want to go to enhance their quality of life. Uh, so that's very important. So we will have uh, um, uh, world leading leading representatives from the. Um, from the autism community, from the uh, from the um, National Federation for the Blind, uh, from the uh, um, uh, Mobility Challenge, uh, uh, from and from the from the from the uh, economically challenged, uh, uh, those dealing with trying to provide uh, affordable, not just affordable housing, affordable living. And affordable living has two components, major components. 
One is the housing component and the other is the mobility component so that um, these people and these folks uh, can uh, enhance uh, their quality of life uh, through better mobility. Uh, so um, that's, that's the focus that we're taking. And um, we have an excellent lineup of people coming to uh, basically um, discuss the issues. It's going to be exciting, uh, the, the demos and the discussions. For more information, you can go to smartdrivingcar.com. And that's where you can find us as well. And on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast, you can ask your smart speaker to play us too. My Tech Reports can be found at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for listening.